Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. I am joined by my good buddy, Sarah Sanchez. Sarah, how are we doing this morning? I'm great. I was at Hispanic Heritage Night at Wrigley Field last night. Javier Assad dealt. It was great. Uh, yeah. The Cubs absolutely put a beat down yes. on the Pirates. And Alexander Canario hit a grand slam for his first oh, major league hit. So that's, I'm, I'm that's, doing well. <laughs> that's awesome. I was uh, I was living vicariously through you while uh, taking a look at your photos and watching that game. It looked like an absolute hoot and a holler. I know that's actually a distance, but I like to say it for when things are fun. Uh, we're going to be talking some DFS baseball today. We're going to be taking a look at some lineups to stack, at some pitchers to use, at some sneaky options that you can use to make some money. Uh, real quick, let's take a look at uh, the weather report. There is a game that has some trouble, it looks like, today. Um, Cardinals Brewers, there looks like there's a decent chance of rain. I'm sure they will try very hard to get this game in they always do when there is uh you know so only so much baseball left to be played but that one is in a little bit of danger so i and it's tempting to stack with both of those pitchers too with adrian hauser and zach thompson scheduled to pitch i think both of those guys are two players that you'd be kind of looking to stream against wouldn't you sarah Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a game that I was keeping an eye on and the weather report just has me scared off of it. But I, I agree with you. That's a that's one of the games that keeps coming up in the optimizer when I'm putting together my lineup. So you definitely want to keep an eye on the weather there. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't risk it personally. Yeah, same here. There's there's some other good options and Sarah and I will definitely go over those. But just because of that weather situation, I would probably pass on going through those games um some injuries to be aware of a couple for the twins uh royce lewis left with hamstring tightness um unfortunately injuries have been a big part of lewis's early part in his career it's even more disappointing because when he's on the field he has looked awfully good um one of the most talented young players in baseball his uh propensity for hitting grand slams speaking of grand slams has been very impressive but it wouldn't be a big surprise if he's out of the lineup again Carlos Correa is still waiting for MRI results. He's dealing with plantar fasciitis. Looks like he's going to be out until Friday. Carlos Correa has not exactly lived up to his uh, return to Minnesota. It's weird to say return to Minnesota when he played <laughs> for the team last year. But, you know, he also almost played for a couple other teams. But has been playing through this plantar fasciitis uh, likely out until Friday. The MRI results are really going to determine there. Look elsewhere for a shortstop. And then a couple of injuries also to keep an eye on. Luis Arias suffered an ankle sprain. I imagine he will be out of the lineup again. Hopefully it's not a severe one. Uh, Arias is one of the best bets for hitting for average in all of baseball and will be as long as he plays. I imagine Luis Arias, Sarah, is going to be one of those guys who is like 38 and hitting 364. Like, it, it just seems like that's going to happen forever. He just has such a swing that is meant for hitting for average. And then one final one real quick. Javier Baez scratched with back tightness. Um, former New York Met legend Javier Baez. Did he play for any other teams than uh, uh, the Tigers? Uh, Sarah, it's Sarah. Uh, okay, Tigers, so Tigers? I just have to tell you, Javier Baez bobbled head day at Wrigley Field, changed the gate rules 
at Wrigley for where you could give out bobbleheads because oh, wow. there were so many people in line for that bobblehead starting at nine o'clock in the morning that the firehouse outside of the left field wall was blocked. Like the, oh. the whole street was full of people and they could not have pulled the fire truck out if they needed to. So you can no longer get a bobblehead at the left field gate because it blocks the firehouse. And that is a Javier Baez rule change. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Is Has he had a chance to return to Chicago since the trade? He has not been back at Wrigley Field. And when he comes back, I will be there yeah. and it will be magical. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I, I think hope. everybody, Rizzo has not, has Rizzo? No, Rizzo hasn't played at Wrigley. He's played at uh, whatever they call that park on the South Side now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the, both those guys deserve a very, very loud cheer indeed for uh, bringing home and being just fun players, just being really fun players to watch. They both deserve. A strong, strong cheer. Uh, before we get into our lineup stacks and before we take a look at this uh, contrarian edge optimizer, I wanted to ask you about the Cy Young race because um, we had a, um, some people come at us yes, uh, last week, Sarah, for our, our takes, which I was actually neutral. I just was, hey, hey, but and you got me in trouble, Sarah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Blake Snell, seven no-hit innings last night against the Colorado Rockies in a no decision, of course. It's just the way that works. But um, has pitched really well. The other options, I think Steele has had a couple of bad ones. Gallon had another mediocre at best start on Tuesday night. Has your opinion changed on who the NL Cy Young is? So my opinion has changed a little bit, but not because of anything that somebody said last week. Let me explain <laughs> a little, this a little bit more. Uh, Obviously, what Blake Snell did yesterday was incredible. Seven no-hit innings. I think he struck out 10. If you bet the over on Blake Snell's strikeouts yesterday, you won that bet. So that was a that was a nice little prop bet that you could yes. have made some cash on. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Blake Snell probably has the edge here just based on recent performance and Steele sure. giving up six earned runs his last time out. That said, I wasn't saying Blake Snell doesn't, doesn't strike guys out. <laughs> Yes. I'm saying that if your metric for the Cy Young Award is strikeouts, it goes to Spencer Strider, who is sitting on 270 and yes. might strike out 300 guys this season, right? right? If your metric for the Cy Young is ERA, then you might look at Blake Snell, right? Like it's one of these situations where you, you have to look at different things. And so Blake Snell and Justin Steele last week was a lot closer in the ERA category. Mm -hmm. That's not true anymore. I think that Steele probably sealed his candidate, like sealed the deal on finishing second or third. Sure. with that last start. It is what it is. But it depends on your metric, right? Like if you think it's a war uh, criteria, like, and you're really into Fangraph's war, then your Cy Young is probably Zach Wheeler. So it's it, it's all about which metric you're using to determine who the best pitcher in baseball right. is. And so I apologize to everybody like, who thinks that I don't understand that Blake Snell strikes out more guys <laughs> than Justin oh. Steele. I absolutely do. It's more just a question of if you're giving it to the strikeout king, the strikeout king is Spencer Strider. Let's not pretend. <laughs> I mean, it's very odd for the internet to overreact to something <laughs> and to not be poised and show um, some rationality. Did I just do a uh, what a panic at the disco song there? But yeah, you that is uh, that is just uh, that it, it's tons of credit to Blake Snell. By the way, he was fantastic awesome. in that outing. It stunk that he didn't get any run support. It stinks that we put so much pressure. On that win category, and yes, we are fantasy writers, and we can still say that that win category having so much cachet is still annoying. By the way, according to the odds on uh, FanDuel right now, Blake Snell is minus 1,900 
Justin Steele at 10 to 1, and Spencer Strider at 70 to 1. So this award is Blake Snell's now. I think there's still um, some hot takes on the internet that suggest that maybe uh, Snell isn't deserving of this thing, but it doesn't really matter anymore. It's basically a lock. By the way, in the AL, we have Garrett Cole at minus 2,200, Luis Castillo at 10 to 1, Sonny Gray at 25 to 1. I would actually be voting for Castillo. I'm a little bit biased as a Mariner fan, but it is interesting to see uh, those odds taking shape with such so little left to be played in the regular season. All right, let's take a look at some lineup stacks. Uh, Sarah, who are you looking to attack on a Wednesday evening? Yeah, there's some really interesting matchups going on here. Um, I am, I'm actually super intrigued by stacking some twins mm. today. I think that you can do some really interesting stuff with a twin stack here. Uh, when I put this into the optimizer, I got back a lineup that included Edward Julian, who has been unbelievable recently, uh, Matt Walner and Brian Jeffers and Matt Kepler. I nice. think that that's a nice little leader, a nice little stack there. You've got. Um, you know, Walner is slashing 297, 395, 432 over the last two weeks. Julian's uh, not hitting for average all that much, but he has three home runs in the last two weeks. And so his WRC plus is really high. His Woe was actually up at 395 over that period. And a lot of these guys are relatively cost effective too. So they allow you some flexibility to add some bigger pieces from different teams. Yeah, I like that call a lot. I will ask you this. If Royce Lewis was in the lineup would be he someone would that be someone you'd be looking to add to the stack absolutely and in fact the optimizer wants you to put Royce Lewis in the stack and so yes. you got to keep an eye on that injury news because sometimes yeah. the database hasn't been updated yet I'm sure that Royce Lewis will get pulled out um, of those suggested lineups later right. today but if you're looking at it early and you're not paying attention to the news you wouldn't necessarily know that so Royce Lewis is one of those players um, that's being suggested right now obviously you're not going to do that however that means you might be able to get a nice cheap third base option from whoever the twins do put into that spot. Yes. So keep an eye on that too. I always love playing that guy who just yeah. kind of like gets randomly slotted in. They're like a $2,100 third baseman. That sure. gives you so much more flexibility to add one of the top pitchers. Very, very good point. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rays against the Angels. Um, Reed Detmers is actually better against lefties than righties. If you take a look at the splits here against right-handers, 240, 323, 387. That's a 710 OPS. While left handers are hitting 304, 381, 527. So I was thinking, I really want to stack some lefties in this one. I could be contrarian. Well, then I realized it's the Rays. They're not going to play any dang lefties against Reed Detmer because they are Platoon City. They just don't ever put those lefties in the lineup. I'm still going to go with a stack of the Rays just because Reed Detmers has just not been an effective option. Rays still playing for that division title. That's going to be some fascinating baseball down the stretch. Uh, so I am going to go with Yandy Diaz, who thankfully is back after a very icky injury that we were talking about last week. Uh, I am also going to go with Randy Arozarena and a couple of other righties that uh, I was looking for and my screen just for uh there we go <laughs> yandy diaz isak paradis randy rosarina and harold ramirez yes detmers is better against left-handers but right-handers can certainly get to this guy too and detmers just has not been an effective option plus the fact that the angels lineup is so bad right now sarah that you have such a great chance for tampa bay to give you a win as well yeah i love that call and you know it's one of these situations too where you have Guys who have some have something to play for, like I know Tampa Bay is in 
the playoffs, but they're still playing for, you know, later in the season. Oh, whereas yeah. You aren't getting any of that from the Angels, right? Like the Angels are just kind of playing out the string here. So I love that call. By definition. Uh, who's the other lineup that you're looking to uh, stack today? A team that refuses to wholly give up on their chances. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying that they have zero chance. There's, they still have an outside chance. Uh, the San Diego Padres against the Colorado Rockies. I think that this is just a mismatch of talent and skill. There are a handful of Rockies hitters who have been red hot over sure. the last two weeks. And it's the big name. So these are some pricey options. But again, if you're mixing and matching with some cheaper guys like from mm -hmm. Minnesota or maybe some other guys that we'll talk about in a little bit. I think that you can manage this. Uh, Xander Bogarts has been slashing 370, 420, 717 over the last two weeks. Juan wow. Soto is 364, 463, 705 Super. over that same time period. Those dudes are mashing. And you compare them with some relatively cost-effective op options from San Diego. Luis Camposano at catcher slashing 302, 348, 465 over the last two weeks with two home runs out of the catcher spot. And Jerks and Profar has been sneaky good over that time period, too. He's slashing 308, 400, 462 during that time period. So I like the idea of mixing and matching some Padres and Twins here. That's a really good call. And yeah, that the you know, the Colorado effect and all of that good stuff. And it's just, you know, the fact that it was a low scoring game yesterday actually makes it more intriguing for me as well, because I think teams are going to be due. Uh, you know, that was the reason we talked about Blake Snell having a uh, no decision is because they didn't score any runs for the guy while he was in the lineup. I think they're going to score some runs tonight. And speaking of scoring some runs tonight, although it's technically in the afternoon, uh, I'm going to go with the Mariners against those lowly lowly Oakland Athletics Mariners are 12 and 1 this year Sarah against the Oakland Athletics thank goodness for that because they very much needed it um, they're going to be facing off against Joey Estes an interesting prospect in terms of real life as a back-end guy but not really a guy that you're looking at as a future fantasy ace or anything close especially with the Mariners playing for their absolute playoff lives that's going to be a very motivated team you're going to see a full lineup in there today for them so i am going to go with you know and i just love the ability to be able to say big dumper so i'm going to say it again big dumper cal rally is going to definitely going to be in my lineup i'm going to go with jp crawford who's on a nice little run here as well julio rodriguez who has put himself back in the mvp conversation and jared kelnick's back and drove in a couple of runs yesterday as well I really like the Seattle Mariners lineup today uh, have scored, I believe, 12 runs in these first two games against the Athletics. So playing pretty well. Afternoon game can be a little tough in Oakland sometimes with shadows and all of that foul territory is just something. But I do like the Mariners to score some runs today. I think that's a great call. I have a big dumper sticker. <laughs> it's oh, on one of my laptops. Beautiful. I got it at first pitch Arizona last year. Nice. And I look. Go to First Pitch Arizona, you will come away with swag you never even dreamed of. <laughs> and also like a million fantasy baseball friends. No, I think that's a great call. I, I looked uh, at that Mariners stack there as well because I think that the Mariners against the A's is, is a pretty awesome stack that you could play today. And it sounds like you maybe like a pitcher for the Mariners uh, as I make a perfect segue into uh, this. It sounds like you like a uh, pitcher against Oakland as well. Yeah, I'm always looking to stack against this athletics lineup. Yeah. Um, and today you've got George Kirby, who has struggled 
uh, over his last couple of outings, but honestly, I think he's going to do some damage against Oakland today. I don't think that there's anything in particular that's been wrong with what Kirby's throwing the last couple of outings, just been a little bit of bad luck. So I look for him to rebound today against a pretty weak Oakland lineup. And I'm I'm not worried about the fact that he's given up four and runs uh, over his last few outings. Yeah. I like that call a lot. And um, he actually, I think, you know, watching that game as a Mariner fan, Looked good, actually, against that Dodgers team. He gave up a home run to, of all people, Miguel Rojas. And, you know, if this was a not family-friendly show, I'd add a word in between uh, Miguel and Rojas because that was something that I did not expect to see. (laughs) And it was actually a great pitch. He just happened to line it out. Outside of that, I thought Kirby pitched outstanding. Pitched well against the Rays, too, but ran into some trouble and then got in some trouble for some comments he made. Uh, I think that everybody way overreacted to uh, just a pitcher who was emotional after not pitching well and said the truth that he didn't feel like he was ready to compete in the seventh inning. I thought it was a nice uh, breath of fresh air to get some honesty from a pitcher and then how everyone reacted. You'll never hear a pitcher ever be honest again, Sarah. You know, I am we want our athletes to tell us the truth, right? I mean, there's always all this drama when people say something like that. They, I, I, there was, there was a little kerfuffle here in Chicago over some comments Justin Fields made after the last game where Mm -hmm. look, y'all the bears are, I don't know. It's, it's not looking good here (laughs) in Chicago. It's looking good for the bears to pick first overall again, I guess I I might, maybe that's what it's looking good for, but (laughs) I would much rather that athletes tell us what is really going on and feel like they have the freedom to do that. I, I don't want them feeling like they have to stifle themselves for the microphones. I think that's, that was unfortunate for Kirby. I really think that he's going to bounce back today against the A's. I think so as well. I'm definitely rooting for it just as a uh, person and as someone who needs the Seattle Mariners to keep on winning. Uh, pitcher I'm using today for sure is Kodai Senga. It's kind of crazy. His first two starts of the season uh, came against the Marlins, and he hasn't faced them since. Pitched well in both of those games not basing anything on lineup stuff anyway and uh, success against the previous team. But the fact that he did pitch well against him doesn't hurt. The fact that Marlins offense isn't the best option is another nice positive. And the biggest positive is just how dang good he has looked so far in September. Three starts, 19 innings, 27 to eight strikeout to walk ratio, a 1.42 ERA. And he was pretty darn good in August as well. A 3.16 ERA. You know, I kind of it's feel bad isn't the right term. I kind of feel bad for Senga a little bit because I think any other year, he's rookie of the year. He just happened to be run into the year that Corbin Carroll had, and this thing is all, I mean, not even all but over. People have already sent in their ballots and said Corbin Carroll is the NL rookie of the year. But any other year, I think Senga's the guy. I think you're right about that. I was just going to say, you want to talk about impressive strikeout to innings ratios. Kodai Senga is throwing 155 and a third innings this season he's got 191 strikeouts he's closing in on 200 strikeouts in a rookie campaign that is absurdly impressive your first time through the major league baseball lineups that he's facing absolutely and then real quick i'm also going to go with michael king uh the uh blue jays just have not been nearly as effective against right-handed starters and i think michael king has really impressed so far the fact he has a lower price point as well is something that i'm pretty intrigued by uh here Uh, Blue Jays did score seven yesterday, but that was against uh, Clark Schmidt. I like Michael King quite a bit more than Clark Schmidt at this point. I'll do respect to our buddy Christopher Torres, who uh, was all in on it. I'm sorry, buddy, especially with you wearing the Yankee hat. People are going to give you a hard time. 
don't let them drag you down. Um, but I do like Michael King as a solid option. And if you pair him with a guy like the first two names that we've talked about, I think there's a good chance for success. Sarah, who is your third option or second option? Excuse me. I love the King call out, by the way. I definitely picked up King in a couple of uh, my Roto leagues for the last couple of weeks here where anywhere he was available, nice. honestly. And I, 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 th I agree with you. I think that's a great call. Uh, the other picture I like is a little counterintuitive, a little contrarian, if you will. Nice. But uh, the optimizer agrees. And, and I think this is worth a play. I'm looking at Lucas Giolito. Yes, nice. I know what Lucas Giolito has done this season. It has been up and down. Nobody oh, has gosh, seemed yeah. to be able to figure it out. His first start with Cleveland at the start of the month on the 4th of September was bad. He gave up nine earned runs over just three innings. It looked disastrous. And then something a little strange happened. I don't know if it's the Cleveland system working its pitching magic with the Lucas Giolito or what, but the last two outings, he's gone seven innings both times. He gave up two earned runs uh, on the ninth. He gave up zero earned runs his last time out against the Rangers. Struck out nine that uh, outing against the Angels on the ninth. He struck out 12 Rangers on the 15th. I think Lucas Giolito might have turned a corner, and I'm going to try stacking Lucas Giolito today. That is a great call, I think. And he looked really good in that last outing. Um, you know, Kansas City obviously offers you a chance for swing and miss, and I just like Lucas Giolito. I want to see him pitch well, too. So I am definitely okay with that. I like both of those calls quite a bit. And the fact that, you know, at 7,600 on DraftKings is a more than fair price and allows you to play, you know, if you want to go with a George Kirby, if you want to take a risk on a Hunter Green, um, you know, Bailey Ober, those type of guys certainly gives you those price points to it. Um, by the way, everybody, please check out the Contrarian Optimizer. It is such a great tool. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Check out that bottom left-hand corner. Um, if not, go to fantasysportslogic.com and you can definitely go get it as well. We're super biased. We get paid hundreds of thousands and millions <laughs> of dollars to tell you about it, but we are definitely people who would be recommending this tool even if not. Uh, and let's look for some of those cheaper options. Uh, uh, just looking around here as I as, as we build the lineup, um, uh, a couple of names that intrigue me a little bit. Josh Naylor, good chance for a homer. Um, Edouard Julien is who you brought up in your stack, and I just love saying his name as well. Um, Ramon Laureano is an interesting one. Edward Olivares, if you are not a believer in the Luke Giolito resurgence based on one start, is kind of an interesting one. Anybody here that's really intriguing to you, Sarah? Yeah, there's one name that's really intriguing to me, and I can't uh, – that font is so tiny. I'm not sure if he showed up on your run, but he definitely showed up on mine. Yeah. It is Stephen Kwan. Uh, Stephen Kwan is having a nice little couple of weeks. He leads off. Uh, for Cleveland. And so that's always nice. You get those extra at bats, but Stephen Kwan is slashing 304, 419, 391 over the last couple of weeks. And nice. he's doing it with a little bit of power. He's got four doubles during yes. that time period and a triple during that time period. So you're probably not getting home runs, but you are getting an option for extra bases. The I, I think that I like seeing what he can do for that Guardians offense. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. And it's nice to see him drive the baseball. Uh, I got asked this question a couple of days ago, Sarah, and I think this was uh, an interesting one. Somebody asked me, he can only keep one of the two. Who are you keeping between uh, for 2024? And I know there's lots of baseball left to be played in 2023. Who are you keeping between Seiya Suzuki and Stephen Kwan? Oh, I'm keeping Seiya Suzuki. Okay. But I, again, like this, I might be biased here, but two things are going on with Seiya Suzuki right now that I think are worth paying attention to. The first is that Saya just has more power potential sure. than Quan ever will. Like 
Stephen Kwan might hit you three, four home runs over the yeah. course of a season. Say a Suzuki has 20 home run power, but yeah. I know he has struggled at times in the big leagues and he's looked overmatched on occasion. And since he was sat down by the Cubs in early August, and actually dating back to about mid-July, right after the All-Star break, Seiya Suzuki has been on an on just an epic heater, man. Like he is on fire and he looks exactly like what like the player that the Cubs thought they were going to get when they signed him from over from Japan. One of the things I looked at when they did that signing, and I cannot remember the name of the dude who put this together over at Fangraph. So I apologize. It's in the community graphings area. Nice. Um, but it, it compared players who came over from Japan in their first year. Uh, here, their last couple of years in Japan, and it kind of tried to project forward from those stats. And I'll, I'll spare you all the details, but the thing that jumped out off the page at me is that when they were both in Japan, Seiya Suzuki what, has better pure hitting numbers than Shohei Otani. Higher WRC+, plus, higher OPS+, higher OPS+, plus, higher, like, higher WOBA, all of the things that you would look at for like just pure hitter. Right. Seiya Suzuki was better in Japan than Shohei Otani was. Now, wow. Otani also kind of struggled a little bit in his first season and a half-ish. He had the elbow injury the first time. Now he's right. got the elbow injury again, whatever. Like, I think that there's a chance that if Seiya has really turned a corner here and what we're seeing from about July 14th to now is the real Seiya Suzuki, you might have a 20, 30 home run guy who's also probably going to steal you five or 10 bags. Yeah. And he's got... Powered all fields, he's a really fun player to watch. The glove is going to keep him in the lineup every day. The Cubs need him to be that guy. So it's Seiya Suzuki over Stephen Kwan for me. It is not particularly close, although I understand if you're looking for an average boost why you might go with Stephen Kwan. He just really seems like a one-dimensional player to me. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. I'll, I'll play the contrarian take here just for a second. Um, the fact that Kwan is going to hit at the top of the lineup, I think, does help him in terms of the ability to score runs. I wish he played for a better lineup, but it, uh, the fact that he's normally hitting at that top is something to consider. I do like his swing better for hitting for average. So if you're looking for average runs, and I think a similar amount of stolen bases, however, just because the fact that Seiya Suzuki, to say Seiya Suzuki has more power than Stephen Kwan is like, the understatement of understatements of understatements. Category stuff can make it a little bit closer. And if you look at like the results for fantasy, it's actually pretty close. They have uh, very similar ranks in Yahoo and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that Suzuki just didn't have a great start to the 2023 season, in part, I think, due to injury. Like, I think people forget about that. Like, injuries happen, folks. It is definitely something to keep an eye on, though, and I thought it was an interesting question. Uh, just a couple of other real quick options that I was looking at here. Um, Will Brennan makes sense as well if you're going for uh, Cleveland against Kansas City. Always makes sense to stack. Uh, against those guys thyro estrada nice little cheap option here 4500 according to DraftKings, that is nice to see um and then uh jorge blanco who will certainly be in the lineup uh and i think was maybe mentioned in your stack and if not maybe somebody that you can add to it uh that was uh that's this is a fun little uh wednesday there, there's a lot of really competitive games a lot of really fun stuff, and we really appreciate you guys coming to check it out. Uh, that's going to do it today for the uh, Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. Please make sure you're hitting like and subscribe and checking out the Sportstopia website, sportstopia.io. It is the absolute best. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore MILB. 
Uh, you can follow Sarah at Sarah underscore BCB. And real quick, Sarah, Notre Dame, Ohio State. What do you got? Notre Dame. I'm literally wearing my Notre Dame shirt yes. right now. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be an epic game. It's it's gonna be a really big test of this particular Notre Dame team and of of the Freeman factor. So we'll see how it goes. But Notre Dame, I I will never cheer against my Irish. I will never cheer against my Irish either. I'm not optimistic. <laughs> I've been burnt before way too many times. So I do um have some concerns, but I, I do think this is a different team. And the fact that we're not seeing CJ Stroud or Justin Fields or anybody else is definitely a positive. Thanks again, everybody. We will see you next time. New shows every day. Have a great day.